With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. Empowered Love Radio is now being broadcast live across the Speak Up and Talk Radio network and you can listen to their shows by going to speakuptalkradio.com. This week's radio show and blog article is called Why Doesn't a Narcissist Want Love, Happiness or Peace? And after my article a couple of weeks ago, Narcissistic Abuse, You're Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't, After that came out, I received a few messages from the community wanting me to expand on one of the points I made in that article, which was, narcissists don't want what we want. And I thought that that was a really good idea. And I knew it could help people understand a lot more because one of the most baffling and distressing things about narcissists is that we can't work them out from any human level because they don't think and operate like normal humans. And when we're trying to gauge them from our framework, our values and our ideals, we're always going to come up empty because it's like trying to understand a foreign language if you only spoke English. In this radio show, it's my intention to take you into the deeper reasons why a narcissist does not want to connect to others and why He or she genuinely does not want to experience love, peace and happiness. So hang on because we're going to go for a bit of a ride here. So we know that when we're with narcissists that there is an intense despair that we suffer and and this is really generally people enter relationships for the goal of seeking love, happiness and, and improvement to their life, peace and harmony. And when we're in the bliss chemicals of love, it certainly does feel like we've made it home to this place with another person. However, when we've entered a relationship with a narcissist, within a period of time, we start discovering animalities to this model of love. And at some point, in amongst the brain-bending confusion, we start to see that this person does not want to remain happy. In fact, he or she would rather be right, regardless of the cost to happiness, harmony and peace. And when there is a period of things going calmly and smoothly, this person needs to create a drama or an episode that sabotages that peace. Then this person behaves as if the reconciliation that you reached yesterday meant nothing. 
And all of this really astounds you because naturally you want resolution with issues. You want to put the bad times away, you want to mend arguments and even be content with agreeing to disagree. But for some reason this person in your life does not want to be happy. You don't want to believe that there is a pattern here. But you can't deny that this happens over and over again. And this is the one that really bends your mind. This person says they love you and want this relationship to work and may even declare that they will do anything to ensure this relationship works. Yet their actions declare the exact opposite. I can't tell you, although I know you, you'll understand what I'm talking about, how many times I shook my head in total disbelief. I used to say to him, you obviously do not want to be happy. You obviously don't want to be in a relationship. Why be in one? And the most painful thing about it was I finally realized he did not want to be in love. And that totally bent my mind. And of course, as so many of us did, I made that about me. I obviously wasn't good enough, sexual enough, loving enough, understanding enough or accommodating enough. And I was obviously too much in other areas, which made him angry instead of being a more submissive woman. So naturally this became for me about totally believing the beliefs I had established long ago, that I was not lovable and that I was unworthy of love. A narcissist was a per perfect match for these wounds. So on I stayed experiencing the true manifestation of my beliefs about love with a person who declared often how much he adored me but presented like an enemy ready to abuse, smear or destroy me at any turn rather than be in the relationship as a man who loved me. Yet even though I had no idea initially back then that I was in no subconsciously programmed state to create real love. I knew I wanted it and I thought it was the norm. And why wouldn't I? I thought everybody wanted that. Little did I know at that time the narcissist and myself had no ability to create it for real. I wasn't able to create real love because I was still trapped in the painful illusions of codependency that someone outside of me needed to give me the love and approval that I so desperately craved to be free of my own emotional pain and finally feel worthy and whole. Water unconsciously seeks its own level and I didn't have the ability to attract and draw a person who had self-love and therefore the ability to genuinely love another above the level of my own self-love, which was not established or healthy. And I had attracted, and if I had attracted a partner capable of authentic love, it would not have lasted because I would have sabotaged it. Now I just want to really insert here this statement. I shake my head when I read reports about opposites attract in that over-loving people combined with a selfish person as some sort of explanation for what happens with narcissists and their victims. This is so off the money because it defies quantum energetic law which is as absolute as gravity. Like attracts like. The like is not the way the symptom has manifested. 
the codependent trying to get love by overgiving, and the narcissist being an insatiable black hole taking energy. These behaviours come from the same cause, from the same place, lack of self-love and feeling empty on the inside, which is a common human condition for narcissists and codependents and for people that are underdeveloped emotionally. And if we attempt to treat anything at the level of symptom instead of at the level of cause, we are simply putting on a band-aid. I did have some pretty complex reasons why I couldn't yet create real love, but I still wanted it. Which would just, of course, take a great deal of humility and self-development which thank goodness I willingly decided to do because I'd had enough of the pain. But it took me a long time to work out why the narcissist didn't seem to want what I wanted. The narcissist, as per all his actions and incredible acts, that would literally blow the relationship to bits. The kind of behaviours that people would only ever do if it was the end followed by professing undying love to reconnect, made me realise there was something so much more important to him than me, the relationship or love. Here is the reason why a narcissist doesn't want what we want. Because the oneness of love would literally spell the narcissist's emotional annihilation. You may think this sounds really dramatic, I promise you it's true and I'll explain why. And I'm going to explain why with a little story. And it's called The Story of Oneness and Separation. Oneness and Separation lived in a wonderful village of true community. Yet they were two very different individuals. One was a delightful person. He was loving and very honest with other people. One was very connected to people and was genuinely involved with his community in many ways and he granted and received a great deal of love, support and companionship. Things were different with Sep. Many people in this village were wary of him because they had known for years that no matter how friendly and genuine Sep appeared, his motives were not wholesome. They revolved around the agenda of fulfilling Sep's needs regardless of the costs to others. As a result, all of Sep's merchandise peddling was with unsuspecting people travelling from village to village. One day, Oneness was walking in the bush when he heard moans. He ran towards him and discovered Sep with his foot in an animal trap, screaming in pain. One sprung the trap and got Sep's foot out, and it was clear that the foot was so crushed and disfigured that Sep would never be able to use it again. One said to Sep, Amongst the village people, we will create a job for you because you will not be able to peddle merchandise anymore. One expected Sep to be relieved that he would be supported by the village, but instead he glared accusingly at one and said, Why would you do that for me? What do you want from me? One couldn't comprehend. What do you mean? he asked Sep. Sep said, I know you will use me, abuse me and discard me and then you will take what is mine. One said, Sip, you have seen how the village and myself operate. You must have realised the level of trust, honesty and community we share. 
Sepp said, that is only to make me believe it's safe, so you can rope me in, get me involved and then destroy me. One walked to the village shaking his head and ordered a donkey to go back to pick up Sepp. That night, one could not reconcile what had just taken place, so he decided to meet with the wise village elder to ask him what it all meant. Upon recalling the story of Sep's injury and what had transpired, the wise elder told one how fortunate he had been to live as oneness and to never know the pain of separation. He explained that originally where we all came from was the one source and as we split into infinite amounts of personalities, we had the choice to remember our source of love and connection and the whole or we could split into fear, defences and disconnect from each other and the one source. The wise elder told one that Sep had separated and had created a false self, an identity which believed that its very survival depended on distrusting everyone else, not being vulnerable and allowing true connection and certainly never being in a position where someone else may have any influence over him. He went on to explain that because of the vulnerable foot injury, a terror of reliance was triggered in Sep, the absolute fear that if he was absorbed into the oneness of the community, that his identity of separation could no longer exist and that Sep's true identity was so overtaken by this false identity that it was making Sep believe this would mean he could no longer exist. One finally understood and he was so grateful that these concepts were so foreign to him that he had known and felt all of his life that everything and everyone is connected and that honesty and authenticity communion and connection were the values that created not just love but also efficient teamwork for himself and the village so From the story of oneness and separation, we can understand that narcissists are living as dire separation from oneness, from community, honesty and authentic connection and the emotional vulnerability of true love and they are literally terrified of it because it would mean that they would not be able to maintain the necessary separation they believe they need to survive in a world with people they can't trust. So why connect at all? Why don't narcissists stay apart and stop getting into relationships? Because they need narcissistic supply. They need narcissistic supply like a drug addict needs crack, ice or heroin. And the best source of narcissistic supply is other human beings. Here is a quandary for the narcissist and it's a tormenting one, one that is a fine balancing act that requires a great deal of acting, falsities and drama. The narcissist needs to pull people close in order to extract narcissistic supply but needs to then push them away to keep them at arm's length so that they never truly connect. The act of love bombing and falling in love is a powerful way to pull people in and it grants copious amounts of narcissistic supply. The intense love, in inverted commas, that the narcissist basks in is no more than a huge hit of the drug that the addict blisses out in whilst under its effects. 
This is large doses in the honeymoon period, big doses of the attention that the narcissist needs to feel alive. The feed of significance, attention, accolades, recognition or even notoriety. This is not genuine love because the narcissist is still firmly and terminally separate. People whose brain wiring is under the influence of a false self are connected only for narcissistic supply and not to connect into genuine oneness, which is mutuality, respect, love, teamwork, trust, peace with the other person. In stark contrast, right from the beginning, the narcissist is gathering information about you so that he or she is armed and ready to strip your power down, hit your weak spots and disable you so that you will never have the upper hand. Psychically and emotionally you are being set up in a way that the narcissist believes you can and will be harmless and controllable. Of course, that is universes apart from genuine love. It's actually a deadly game of know thy enemy. Anyone that the narcissist connects to for narcissistic supply is potentially the enemy and will end up the enemy because it is inevitable that the insecure, fragile, false self will maliciously and childishly childishly, that's a hard word to say sometimes, decide at some point that you are out to get the narcissist over the slightest provocation. The truth is, no matter how loving the narcissist appears, you are kept emotionally separated and disregarded and devalued right from the beginning. The seemingly high value, the idealization that you are experiencing is false. It is obsession. It is the high of the drug narcissistic supply. That's why you are apparently so wonderful. It is the narcissist having to decide that you are the best source of narcissistic supply for now in order for him or her to get the biggest and highest hit possible. Because the higher the hit, the more the narcissist gets to avoid the screaming inner wounds of him or herself for a while. But of course, like all addicts, higher and higher doses become necessary to numb out emotional pain. People have been shocked to their very core when they discover that the so loving narcissist was out the door visiting the other lover and saying exactly the same undying love statements to them. This person also is a tool for providing narcissistic supply. So then we could ask, why doesn't a narcissist just go from one person to the other instead of creating committed or so-called committed relationships? Because there is more to get from committed relationship, more resources to extract, more that the partner, generally a codependent fixer, will do to fight to keep the fires burning, the bills paid, the narcissist messes cleaned up, and generally create a buffer that helps the narcissist carry on to be a narcissist, rather than being held up with narcissistic injury, which is the financial, business and societal disasters that narcissists are apt to create. 
There is also the ability to have someone as a dump master, the punching bag to project numerous inner demons onto, as well as gain a great deal of narcissistic supply from when the partner starts losing the plot and becomes intensely focused on what the narcissist is or isn't doing. From our human standpoint, we think, why would you bother? Why on earth would you want so much drama, pain, fighting, lack of peace and the ultimate destruction of the entire relationship? Only someone with a false self could play that out as their goal. And it's important to realise the narcissist is unconscious, clueless to how insane all of this is. Drama is needed to feel alive. Having the significance to affect others is paramount to know that a narcissist exists. And peace, societal normality and happily ever after feels like being swallowed up into fast-sinking quicksand that means he or she will not and cannot ever exist again. Peace is abhorrent, terrifying, because in the peace, in the silence, in the oneness, the narcissist comes face to face with the inner relentless self-loathing monster, the ego, that continually screams for outer satisfaction in order to be even temporarily shut up. Are you starting to understand? So... Let's get back to the really, really important question and focus. Where are we in all of this? Okay, so it is so important to know we can heal. We can take our power back. But this means we've got to stop holding other people's horrendous unconscious behavior responsible for the state of our lives and start becoming responsible and conscious about the generation of our own lives in healthy ways. The truth of the matter is our goal is oneness. It's to get out of the illusions of separation where egos and narcissists play. Codependents and narcissists have both suffered from the illusions of separation. This is not meant that we are bad people with no conscience, nor does it mean that we've stepped over the line into becoming sociopaths. What it does mean is we have not known how to heal the wounds that we've been programmed with that have led us to be disconnected from our source of loving and accepting ourselves. We too have been carrying the pain, the fear and the distrust especially of ourselves. And the masks, we've been wearing them, that go with being separated. I did a Facebook post not long ago and it was really interesting about showing up authentically and I was astounded how many people who I know are not narcissists stated how painful it is to be honest, how it doesn't work and how it's impossible to do it in our world. This saddened me greatly because I know and live how untrue those beliefs are and how they don't serve us, and how they continue to cause us so much pain. The truth is, if we are not showing up authentically, we have the fears that we will be abandoned, rejected, and punished by others if we do. At the quantum level, life happens from the inside out. 
This means our own fear of being authentic and accepted as we are is a reflection that we are not yet accepting, loving and at peace with ourselves. Again, I want to share what I believe is the most important mantra ever for this community. We will never tolerate a level of love less than the level of love we have for ourselves. I'm going to say it again. We will never tolerate a level of love less than the level of love we have for ourselves. This statement alone takes out all of the illusions of being powerless victims. It allows us to realise that what has happened to us is the symptom. And in order to heal the true cause, there is a a requirement to develop and heal those parts of ourselves that not only unconsciously gravitated into narcissistic relationships, but also allowed the ongoing abuse of narcissistic relationships. In no way is this about blame. It is about awareness of how powerful our subconscious programs are. So, I want to talk about the power of authenticity. Where light is, darkness is not. It's a fact of physics. This means where authenticity is, falsity cannot be. And really what that means is what is false gets flushed up to the surface when we're living an authentic life and we can see it clearly where love is fear is not therefore our greatest goal is to rid ourselves of fear and pain our need to hide our defenses our masks and our inauthenticity so that we can eventually show up powerfully as love openness truth and authenticity And so many people believe that if I do that, I'm going to get attacked. It is actually the exact opposite. It's our defenses that lead us into getting attacked. Now, unless we've anchored into self-love, these higher vibrational states of authenticity are impossible. When we do establish self-love and self-acceptance, we are no longer precariously positioned on needing outside approval to to exist which means we're not going to be handing our power away then we don't squirm from the difficult conversations we don't bottle up instead of being truthful we don't analyze away our gut feelings that are telling us that something is unsavory we don't hand over our power and allow abuse in order to avoid abandonment or loss of the things that we don't believe we have the power to generate directly with life. And we would no longer choose to stay with our damage and remain victimized by people outside of our control that we have no power to change. Instead, we face ourselves, we free ourselves of fear, pain and separation beliefs which have been generating more pain with life. And we evolve ourselves to a state of being that does work. Then we become real and we start connecting to ourselves, life and others in real ways. Then we start creating a different life and a different world. A world where one by one we are shining a great big light of love and truth. And we show up as ourselves without fear, without pretense and without games rather than try to hide or manoeuvre to survive. 
we have the freedom to be our abundant, radiant selves, generating a life that comes towards us to match that. And we easily let go of others and situations that don't. Do you really believe narcissists will be in your life when you're at that level of beingness? Do you really believe that such darkness, separation, fear and sociopaths, sociopathy can exist with such light, oneness, love and powerful authenticity? It would totally defy the laws of the universe, the quantum, quantifiable, subatomic law like attracts like if it could. Can you understand how easily narcissists can be in your life when you're in fear, pain, self-rejection, defences, regret, victimisation and other lower vibrations that attract narcissists in droves? Darkness can only be where there is fear and pain. And this is why our greatest mission is to heal, up-level and liberate ourselves. If you do... You will never have a person in your life who does not want and who is not capable of love, connection, mutuality, trust and peace because you are being these things authentically and that's exactly what the Thriver model is all about. And it's really usual after you've been narcissistically abused and even before you've been narcissistically abused to not know that level of authentic beingness because certainly our world and our values and our programming hasn't supported it. And if you feel like you're not there yet or you need the guidance to know about this state and how to get to this state, I'd love to invite you to my next free live webinar which is coming up in just over two weeks and this webinar is called The Three Keys to Thriving After Narcissistic Abuse and this in this event you're going to learn exactly what you need to do to get to this state of authenticity where narcissists no longer have any power over you and where you do have the strength and the self-belief and the tools to rebuild your life from the inside out and I can't wait to share that with you, the people that are going to join in this next webinar. So all you need to do to claim a spot with me is go to www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar, which is all the one word, and I'll tell you that address again. It's www.melanietoniaevans.com melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar and you can claim your spot there. So this article, this transcript is coming out as a blog article and as always I look so forward to any of your comments and questions because I answer all of them personally <clears throat> and I also want you to know that if you do want an answer to a question it's always about uh, asking it on my latest blog article. It can be really difficult with time constraints for me to get back to earlier ones. So always post on my latest one to uh, get a reply. 
And also, too, you will see the address for the free webinar there to uh, get involved and claim your spot. And that is it for me, everybody. And I'll be talking to you next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.